This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. It feels like I haven't talked to you guys in like a year. Last week was a long week. We're going to get into everything. If you probably noticed already by the... um, by the uh, length of the podcast, it's going to be probably a long one. I don't know how long it is because this is the beginning of the show. Um, but I got a lot to talk about, not only just with combat sports, but what's coming up. And um, yeah, so there's just a lot to talk about. I want to get into why I missed last week and the pickums and everything and kind of decompress. I mean, this is this is what this is for. I'm a very big believer of don't holding anything in, so I want to get it out. Uh, we got UFC Giga versus Edson to, to recap. Let me pull my notes here. We got Paul Woodley, unfortunately, to recap. Um, I, it wasn't as I didn't pay for it, thankfully, but it wasn't as bad as uh, as maybe I thought. But we got that. We got PFL. We're gonna preview. Uh, the contender series and boys, it's motherfucking Darren Till fight week. You know I'm a Darren Till guy. It's his fight week. I'm very excited about this card. I wish it was going on in England. I love those European England cards with a bunch of the English fighters. The crowds are electric. I get it. COVID, you know, whatever. Got to move it to the States, Vegas. Hope nothing falls off on that. I'm, I'm excited. The card's a little thin, I think. But when there's like two or three guys that you're really looking forward to, uh, the card can be thin in my opinion. You know, Darren Till's my guy. He is firmly on my guys list. So, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about all that. But want to get on, want to talk to you guys. Okay, <clears throat> so I haven't been consistent most things in my life, right? With school, I I, I, I didn't go. With work, I, for a while there, I was consistent. You know, I miss days here and there. I'm not the... Um, you know, I, I, I'm never going to, I wasn't the kid that's going to get the fucking, you know, honor roll or, or, or the badge of never missing school or whatever the fuck, you know, there are kids that got that in high school, never missing a day. That wasn't me. Definitely me at work. But with something I love with this podcast, and I truly do love doing this, um, this is, this is so fun for me. This is my passion. This is, this is everything. I mean, besides my family, this is, this is what I live for. Um, besides the podcast, I, I, I'm not that consistent, but with the podcast, I'm very consistent. The only time I think I've missed a pick would probably be the birth of either of my child. Well, the, when he was born, um, before I start the podcast. So I didn't launch a podcast. She hadn't, she hadn't been uh, born yet, but I might've missed one or two days or maybe one pick cause she was sick or something like that. But then obviously I missed the pick with the birth of my daughter in November Hazel and uh, Devin and Timbo covered for me on that week. And I don't really think I've missed many pickums. I've, uh, you know, been doing this three going on four years, putting two podcasts out a week on the regular. And that's something I can hold my hat to because inconsistency has been kind of the name of the game in my life. But when you have passion and this is something you love to do, I didn't love school. I don't love my job. I mean, my job's okay. I, I like the people I work with. It's an easy gig. It's a gig that, you know, it took me 15 years to get. So it, it, it's pretty sweet. But I mean, I'm burnt out, you know, on days sometimes. And that's when we get to. So, you know, I tweeted out that I was sick uh, and, and I couldn't do the podcast, which is which is half true. It, it's half true. And, and if there's anything you should know about me, if this is the first time listening, I'm going to be <clears throat> transparent. I'm going to be open and honest with you. I don't understand these fucking accounts that are like, 
if I get a hundred retweets, I'll do a face reveal. Do you really think we need to see your face that fucking bad? It's a guy or a girl that matter. Like people hide behind anonymity. I said that word right, I believe. Uh, you know, behind these accounts, and and it's it's just silly to me. It's just silly. I never, never, I never stood that. That's like I guess that's kind of what Twitter is. If you're a troll, if you're this, you're that. You hide behind. You know, you don't post any pictures of yourself. Whatever. Um, I think that's stupid. I'm an I'm an open book, and and ever to each his own. Everyone's different. No one needs to be as open as I am. That's for sure. But if you were listening to me, you deserve to know what's going on. You might not want to. You might need like Brian. We're not even too bad. <laughs> too bad, because here it comes. So uh, so I just you know there's a there's a lot of things going on in my in my mental. So. Everything's good, by the way. Before I go, before you start worrying the worst, we're all healthy, right? Got a little sick, but we're fine. Wife, Wife's good. She got a little sick as well on the weekend. She's fine. Kids are good. They didn't get sick. Um, family life's great. Everything is, is A-OK positive, right? But this is more so just about kind of a little bit of a mental health thing, which I'm an advocate for. So I, for the past couple I was supposed to have a vacation at my work in the first week of August and I had to switch it to uh second last week of September because I'm going on a beach vacation. Right. So I haven't had a vacation and work or like a little bit of a break in like a couple months. And I know woe is me ugh, cry about it. And I sound like a little baby back bitch, but it's just so hot. Right. It, the, 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 the heat is getting to me. I, I do a physically demanding job last week. It was so fucking hot. And each day I come home just drained because I'm just sweating through everything. And I come home and I got to do stuff here. We have an ant problem. So been fucking spraying for ants outside and, you know, get, you know, cut the grass, get the lawn taken. You know, it's just, it's just, we have these fucking, I I think they're weeds, but they're like trees growing between our, the grass and our fence line. So I had to stick a fucking pruning blade on a, on a reciprocating saw and cut those fuckers out. Those are tough stuff. I don't know what they are. They might be trees. If you are a weed guy, tell me, because those things fucking suck. Got them all over the yard. Anyway, anyway, I feel like a little run down, a little burnt out, a little whatever. Don't want to complain about it. I was like, you know what? Fucking stick your head down and, and, and get, get to it. Get to it. And then Wednesday, I went to work early. Had a, two weeks in a row, I've had to go work about an hour and a half early for some yearly training that we do. And afterwards, I'm sitting in my uh, my van there ready to start the day, and I'm kind of just with my thoughts, and I'm out on my phone. I'm just kind of really just kind of psyching myself up to get get sweaty, get sweaty, get ready to deliver, you know, and just kind of whatever. So then I had some thoughts come in my head. I had, you know, the initial one out of nowhere, too. And, th- and this is this is goes in with anxiety and goes in with just maybe the inside of me and how I, I run things in my brain. That is, I start thinking about how my daughter starting school next year. Right. And she's getting so tall and she's getting, she's four now. And I'm like, man, and I'm looking, you know, I had looked at pictures of, of, you know, when she was just a baby and stuff and it's crazy. And now my, my youngest is, is going to be 10 months old. And she's like basically walking at this point, she's crawling everywhere and it, it kind of, I was like, wow, once Winnie starts, my oldest, once Winnie starts school, that's it. She's in school for the next 12 years and then possibly more with college. And it, 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 you know, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm obviously, you know, whatever. I'm a little nervous because, you know, teenagers can be a bitch, but we're not there yet. But you know what I mean? It's that little weird anxiety parents get when your kids grow up. And I said, but, it, but more so as happy than anything. 
So then I'm ready to start my day. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a thought pops in my head. It goes, man, you've been doing the podcast for three years. Are you going to be doing this 10 more when you only have 245 uh, Twitter followers? That literally popped in my head. And I, I was like, and it paused me. I'm like, fuck, wait, what? Like it, it made me stop my tracks. And then I try to forget it. And it kept popping in my head through Wednesday. So all week I was kind of in a funk um, and I, and I blamed it on just the heat and, and, and me needing a break and, and whatever the fuck, you know, whatever excuse I was going to come up with. But that thought kind of stuck with me. Like, wait, what? You know, because I put a lot of time and effort into this and I sit here and I preach to you guys and I've tell, and I've told you this guys that numbers don't matter. Like I don't, I don't track, but that's a lie. They do. You know what I mean? Like I can't keep lying to myself, acting like I don't care that I have this many followers or, you know, this many listeners or this many followers on Instagram, even though I'm never on Instagram or, or this many views on YouTube or whatever it is. Um, and there's people who've started after me who, who've eclipsed me and, and who, who are doing great things and whatever. So then you got to look inward and go, well, fuck, is it me? Am I doing something wrong? Is it people that don't like me, which I have no problem with. Right. Cause if you don't like me, that's fine. I, I have thick skin. I, I I don't need approval from everybody. There's a plenty of people that don't like me, but I start thinking about like, well, what is the content bad? Right. Because I know I'm spending a lot of energy and a lot of time on getting video look good, getting the audio to sound good. And, and obviously, you know, this is what I love to do, but it put a pause in me going, fuck, am I going to be doing this 10 years from now? And then it kind of scared me because I'm like, well, I don't want to stop doing it. You know what I mean? Like, but at some point is, is my energy and my time and everything I put into this and financially as well. Um, cause all this stuff that I'm, I'm sitting in front of is not cheap. Like, is that all going to pay off? And I've never really thought about that before. Really. I've always been kind of positive and optimistic and that just really fucking hard truth bomb me in my goddamn face. So on Wednesday I got like uh, kind of bamboozled by that. And then on Thursday, I started feeling not so well, still in a funk, could have been the shot, could have been, you know, uh, the, the COVID stuff, could have been, you know, a stomach bug is because my wife was puking and shitting on Saturday. Um, it could have been anything. So Thursday, I'm still in the funk, and I, I, I'm now I'm starting to feel bad. Now I'm starting to get sick. But, um, and, and I really wanted to just attribute it to being like psychosomatic, like me being in my head about it and whatever. But I, no, it was, it was real. I was, I was. Uh, temperatures don't lie. You know, the, the things that I saw on the toilet don't lie. But point being is, 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 is I need, you know, to really sit down and, and get with my thoughts. And that's what I did. I went to bed early on Wednesday and went to bed early on Thursday or try to go to bed early on Thursday. But I really like to self-analyze and really kind of figure it out. You know, when I went to therapy a few years ago, when I was dealing with some really bad hypochondria, the lady told me, Here's a paper of, of all the things we tell people to do. Find the one that works for you. You know what I mean? A lot of breathing stuff, a lot of like writing stuff down. And, 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 I, and admittedly, I didn't try them all, but I tried the one that works for me because I do consider myself heightened sense aware and heightened, um, you know, sensibility. I don't get my feelings hurt. Like I don't, I'm not offended by anything. I like dark humor and I'm not a female Karen or whatever, you know, whatever. Like I'm, 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 I'm me. I am, and I am who I am. So it's really easy for me to kind of just call myself my bullshit, right? So as I was sitting there on Wednesday night, and and mind you, I could have done the podcast on Wednesday, right? I tweeted out that I was sick, but Wednesday I, I wasn't, I was feeling okay. 
I had plenty of time to do it. And Wednesday, I had all the graphics up. I had everything ready to go. I had all my picks ready, right? And and, and I had everything ready to go. All I do was film it, record it, and everything was fine with me. But I, I didn't do it. And I'm sitting there thinking of what excuse could I give or why I'm not doing it? Was it because of this? Or maybe I said I could have said my computer wasn't, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm thinking of a lie, which is the worst thing to do. Just be honest about it. And I go, you know, I'm going to put it off till Thursday. And then Thursday, I don't feel good. And, and the reality is I probably could have powered through on Thursday without it. You know, I don't know, without a doubt, it, it might have been a lame show. It might have been a bad show. I could have dumped it afterwards, but I probably could have. Maybe. I don't know. It wasn't until Thursday night where I was, you know, feeling pretty, pretty awful. But I had time on Thursday to do it. I could have maybe toughed it out or whatever, but. I'm still trying to figure out the root of this funk and the root of this this in, this weird thing that got brought in my head. And, and of course, if I talk to my mom, she wants to diagnose everyone with depression. She's had depression. She, and it might be, I don't know. I, I don't, you know, whenever I, I classify depression, I think of guys who are really sad and who, who don't like anything and they're mopey and they don't want to do it. Like, I'm not that, right? I, I, I enjoy my family. I get up for things. I'm excited for things like I still have all my interests and hobbies. I'm not overeating. Like I look up like classic signs of depression. I don't really have any of that, but my mom is so, well, depression. No, just depression. You're depressed just like me. And it's like, nah, I, I don't know. You know, um, what I think it is, 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 is the anxiety of the fact that I've been putting in so much time into what you're listening right now that I feel like at this point of however many years I've been doing it, I feel like there should be better results. And I can sit here and tell you, I got great listeners. Like, let me pull it up right now. So when you when you get a podcast, you put it through uh, you put it through a SoundCloud an RSS feed, and that feeds into um, it doesn't have to be SoundCloud. It could be it could be anything. I I happen to do SoundCloud. That feeds into um, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Everything goes from there because you got to have a website to to host your um, to host your um, your site or whatever, whatever it is. Okay. So in the past seven days, right? The past week I've had six, 1,693 plays. I, that's how many from all platforms. So people listening on Spotify, people listening on iTunes, people listening on, you know, on SoundCloud, possibly clicking the link in YouTube, whatever that all, every time that RSS lead gets clicked, it goes through SoundCloud and it tells me. So that's actually a lower number than usual. Usually I'm right around 2,000, sometimes over 2,000. I've gotten high as almost 6,000 in a week. So the listenership is there. This is very average. It's 1,600 people. And I got 245 followers that I love, every single one of them, like 200 on IG, 64 subscribers on YouTube, right? And I'm just sitting there like, it's the truth worth the squeeze. And I'm, and I'm panicking because I've put a lot of time and effort into this. I've met some great people like Timbo, Christian. I don't ever want to not talk to those guys. I want those guys in my life the rest of my life. I want to I want to talk to those guys. Those guys are fucking great. You know what I mean? Like doing this, I have found people that are very similar to me, like the same things as me because a lot of people, my best friends don't like MMA. They just don't. They don't listen. They don't watch MMA. And so we don't have that in common. So I, you know, I have a set of, like Christian and, and Timbo and some of the other people, you know, Devin, even, even though we're not on good terms anymore, you know, he, I met him through that and it's really cool meeting different people through this. So it's never a negative thing, but then 
I, I just feel like a fraud because I always say, oh, it's not about the numbers, not about the numbers. Well, it fucking is. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, it is. And I think like I'm a sellout. And, and when I see guys uh, or girls, you know, being like, hey, I need 100 more followers to get to a thousand or whatever. Can you please help me out? Retweet, whatever. I look at that with such judgmental eyes going, well, that's, that's pathetic. Bagging for followers, right? I, I guess I think in today's age, you know, that's what you kind of need to do if you want to get it out there. If you want to get people eyes in front of people, you need to you need to put yourself out there. And I guess I'm willing to, to at least up up to this point, I'm willing to let my um my audio, my video, my personality speak for me. And it's work because Timbo and, and Christian discovered me and they liked what you know, they like to cut up my jib and, and Devin as well and, and other and, and other people that uh that reach out to me on Twitter and, and that's great. But it really panicked me because I'm like, but I can't be doing this for 10 years with just, just little success. Because even though I don't want to measure success that way, that's what you have to do. At some point, you're like, well, what do I have to do, you know, to get to where I want to be? You know, when am I going to be happy? When is it going to be enough? And I like the mindset of me wanting more, but. The rub is, and this is what I discovered just kind of talking myself, is I am my own worst enemy. It's, it's, it's all on my shoulders, obviously. Regardless of how good or bad my content is, I am... Sorry, I had fucking hair on my tongue. Right, right in the middle of it, right? Um, no matter how good or bad my content is, I'm, I built kind of this shelter wall around me where I have no problem reaching out to uh, sponsors to try to sponsor the podcast. I DM'd over a hundred fighters. When I, when I initially started the podcast, I thought I wanted to interview fighters. I DM like over a hundred fighters, right? Um, I got Don Madge on, like I thought like, that's what I wanted. So the, 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 the podcast has really had many shapes and forms and it really kind of formed into what it is. But I'm my own worst enemy. The fact that I kind of shut everyone else out. I'm very critical and there's, some cappers out there that I absolutely love who are great. Like MMA lock in the night. I was on his show because he asked me MMA lock in the, and Christian kind of set that up because Christian, uh, MMA lock and I have some, was having some audio issues or wanted some audio advice. And Christian's like, Hey, my boy BP, has got the lockdown of some audio. And then MMA lock, you know, I had, was already following lock, but that's how we became uh, friendly, got on his show. <clears throat> and I'm so thankful for that. And he reaches out to people. He has a, 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 a show every Friday night with three head, four heads, really him and three other cappers. And, uh, you know, he's been doing that even before this huge following. And like the idea of me doing that, I feel like, you know, they, I feel like, oh, they should come to me. You know what I mean? Which is so arrogant and judgmental because why? I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody. You need to kind of spread your wings and lock in the night has since sent a couple guys my way to help with some audio stuff as well, who are great cappers who I like. And there's some guys out there that I just don't think I'll ever really kind of like and get along with. And maybe I'm judging a book by a cover, but there's a lot of guys out there that I respect that I could easily just DM them like, Hey, you want to pop on the show? You want to talk about this? You know, I want to do trivia. I got some other ideas. I want to do like, maybe like a debate show. It doesn't all have to be sent around betting, which is obviously what we're all here for, but that's my own problem. I'm stubborn, right? It took me until maybe six months ago to start a YouTube channel just because I didn't want to edit video. Now I'm really getting into like kind of graphic design, putting up some good graphics when I do the pick them and, you know, video editing is coming along and the same thing with bet MMA tips. I avoided that for so long. I just joined two weeks ago 
not joined, but I, I had been a part of it, but just posted two weeks ago. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's my own doing. And it was such a relief when I discovered this. It was about fr- Thursday night, Friday morning when I was coming through my haze that it kind of dawned on me. And it was just, it just felt like a, 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 something just got off my shoulders because I hate blaming other people. Right. I don't want to I don't want to be so narcissistic, which I am. I'm a narcissist, but I don't want to be so egotistical where I'm like, oh, well, this guy's stealing my stick or this guy, you know, he's sucking up all this and he's doing this. And you know what I mean? Like, I I don't want to do that because it's not true. I have only to myself to blame. You know what I mean? I'm stuck in this little thing where I like to do things my certain way and 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 do you know and not branch out and not reach out and not try to make contacts and not try to make friends people who have a a follower and maybe if i'm on their show they're on my show i can get some of their fans or vice versa it's it's networking it's the makes most makes the most sense in the world but for me it just it didn't you know what i mean so long story short i i'm I'm just glad that i i realized this and it's 100 percent on me i plan on correcting it I plan on going forward because I do think if you're listening to this, you're probably like, man, this guy sounds good. Yeah, the audio's good. I invested a lot of time and energy and man hours to figure out how good I sound. And even on the video side now, too, if you go check out MMA Takes YouTube and you watch a pick them, the graphics and everything, or people are doing it, I'm doing it different than other people. And that's another thing, too, is I like to consider my show the cliff notes of pick some guys can go two hours and go in depth and every fight. I like to do the cliff notes version. Um, and I, and I think I'm pretty good at picking fights as well. I mean, I'm not a professional capper, but I'm not charging picks and I'll never charge picks. You know what I mean? So I think we have something here and it's definitely not something to give up on. It's definitely not something to be stressing out about like myself, you know, putting pressure on myself about, well, you know, what's your five year plan? What's your 10 year plan? You know what I mean? Fuck it. Because in 50 years, I'm going to be betting on MMA. Will I be doing a podcast? I don't know. I can't I can't tell you what I'm gonna do tomorrow, but I know I'll be betting MMA, right? You know, that's never gonna go away. So it was an overreaction. And I just employ people, if you're like me and you overthink and you overreact, find something that works for you. Find something that you don't overreact and take it out on people. Cause I was taking it out on people. I was taking it out on my wife early in the week. I was snapping at people. Um, snapping at my parents and stuff and, and just not being a, a good person, which is, which is, I, I hate, you know, I, I want to be, uh, and we all have our days, but like I was having a couple days. Right. And I didn't know why. So if you are having issues like this, it's really important to kind of look in yourself and be like, okay, why am I acting this way? And honesty is the best medicine, right? You can't bullshit yourself. You can't lie to yourself. You gotta be true to yourself and i know that's so fucking corny and i can't believe i just said that but it's true and it works for me and and you got to find your own thing you got to find your own thing maybe that doesn't work for you maybe you need someone to fucking slap you in the face and be like hey asshole wake the fuck up maybe that everyone gets motivated by differently i this is just the way i deal with it so i wanted to share that with you you know because i was a little sick but there was more to it you owed you were owed an explanation I apologize for missing uh, the pick'em. If you guys, you know, enjoy that, I apologize. I put my picks, all my bets on bet MMA tips. I should have tweeted out my picks. I did not. We're gonna tell my picks. We'll do a little recap plus, like how I saw the fight going. I went six and six in my picks. Before that, let's go PFL. PFL. 
Uh, I don't have it pulled in front of me. What was PFL on Friday night? It was it, I stayed up for it. So you had um, yeah, Molid versus Brandon Lochnane. Molid won first two rounds. Lochnane turned on the third. These fucking Russian cats, dude. Can't can't let him get ahead of you like that. Mulu goes to the finals. My boy Bubba Jenkins, I had a bet on that. That loss, Bubba Jenkins just got out grappled by Chris Wade, just got out cardioed out grappled. Did not see that coming. Bubba Jenkins, you know, a lot of people were complaining about the long warm-up because it, it took like an hour before they fought. That could have been it. Bubba Jenkins looked like he was warming up for a while. Um, either way, he should have won that fight. He's the better wrestler. Um, but Chris Wade proved that he, you know, that it's not fucking wrestling. It's not a wrestling tournament, right? Um, it's Bubba Jenkins beat David Taylor of the, the fucking Olympic gold medalist, David Taylor. That's crazy to me. Um, we'll, we'll go Paul Woodley before we do the UFC recap and then we'll go cause that's going to be long and we'll go, uh, extensively on that. And then we'll do the contenders week, the contenders preview tomorrow night. And then uh, a little bit of a Darren Till told Darren Till story. So Paul Woodley was last night. I streamed it illegally. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Illegally, allegedly. Huh? Try to cash me. I'm not going to admit it. I might have paid for it. You have to pull my bank records, but I didn't pay for it. Um, I found a good, you know, a good link and, and I watched it. Uh, I didn't know who Tommy Fury was. I knew it was Tyson Fury's half brother. I watched him. I know him and Jake Paul got a little thing. He stinks. Anthony Taylor follows me on Twitter somehow. The guy who fought Tommy Fury, who is Jake Paul's like sparring partner. That guy follows me on Twitter, which I had no idea. I, I, I don't know who he is. I've never seen him fight MMA before. Uh, it was shocking that he followed me. Um, he, you know, he, he was just outsized. He was tiny in there compared to Fury. I mean, you know, he didn't get knocked out. It was a four-round fight, but, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great fight. And then, the, uh, then I didn't really watch many of the other ones. The boy, uh, Dubois, the heavyweight, knocked that, that big Italian dude out in the first round. That was it. And then Woodley Paul. Man, um, <clears throat> so I'm not a Jake Paul hater. Everyone wants to hate the guy about what he does. And, and, and the truth is, is he's making boxing interesting. You know, him and his brother, uh, they could be, they could have came over to the uh, MMA and, and obviously uh, did some good things, but they wouldn't have been on, they would have been under UFC control. So the money wouldn't be there. So they had to go boxing because they know if they did MMA outside the UFC, it wouldn't work. Both wrestler backgrounds. There's both sound bites in the past where they've talked about, MMA superior in boxing and now they're like doing boxing because you know it's sellable it's it's more marketable you can do it as far as the fight goes listen Jake Paul looked good in the first three rounds I mean he looked okay um man T Wood if if T Wood just would have thrown more and it sounds like we say that every time he fights this 39 year old guy he's never boxed before and, and let's make no mistake about it this guy was never a good boxer in the UFC. He had power, but I think even his power was over. He only had four knockouts in the UFC. He dropped a few guys and stuff, but he's only had four knockouts in the UFC against not great competition. Like his only real big knockout was Robbie Lawler to win the title. And I mean, that was explosive and that was a good punch. And, and he definitely has power, but I think his power has been a little overrated. What's definitely overrated is his boxing. He's always, he's never really been a great boxer. Um, his jab was non-existent in MMA. And his combination punching is not existing. He throws one right hand, he clinches you. Throws one right hand, clinches you. What made him interesting and, and dangerous in, in, in MMA was he did have power and he could take you down as well, right? So uh, that's what made him good. In boxing, not so much. He clearly trained. And uh, how poor Al Burstein, this guy, you know, he's getting, he's just like, my check cleared yet? Okay, I'll call the fight. You know, because this is just, this is not high level boxing. I mean, uh, Serrano. 
Menace Ron, who fought the fight before that, she fucking put on a clinic. You know, looked amazing. One of the best female boxers in the world. I have heard of her, never seen her fight. First time seeing her fight. I mean, the the skills on her were were incredible. And then you go to Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley, and it's like, oh, like it's a spectacle. They're big names. Jake Paul gets a lot of eyes. The Paul brothers gets a lot of eyes, but it's not fucking high level, not even the slightest. Um, but if he just Tyron Woodley would just throw more. Jake Paul came out hot, came out aggressive. Tyron Woodley came out slow. Um. At the end of the second or third, though, I don't remember which round it was, Tyron Woodley, at the, right at the bell, right before the bell, wasn't a dirty shot, Tyron Woodley landed a clean straight right hand. And Jake Paul's eyes went huge and kind of gave him a nod right at the end of the round. And when he landed that, I said, oh, Tyron can hurt him. Tyron can get him. And then I think the next round, it, it, it might have been two rounds later, it was in the fourth round where I thought, Jake Paul should have got a knockdown or Tyron should have got the knockdown. Jake Paul, he caught himself with the ropes. I've seen them call that a knockdown before. I know his gloves didn't touch the ground, but he got hit right behind the ear hard with a solid right hand flew flop back into the ropes um, and almost went down and, and, and recovered. And the one thing I'll say about Paul is the positive is, is that he showed that he has some heart, right? We know he's got a little bit of power. He's a big guy. I mean, he dwarfed Tyron Woodley in there, so he's fighting much smaller men. But he has power, and he showed that he had heart because he got very tired, and he was still swinging and didn't give it up. You know, even if Woodley would have put a little pressure on him, it could have been better, it could have been worse, whatever. But Jake Paul didn't, you know, he could have quit. He could have quit. He could have been like, eh, then whatever. I don't need this. I already got a fucking super hot chick. I got multi-million dollars in the bank. I don't need to do this. I'll, you know, whatever. But he did it, right? That showed a little bit of heart, a little bit of grit, and, and I respect that. What was bad was is after those three rounds, when he started to slow down, boy, did he get sloppy. He got really sloppy, and I think he got exposed too, you know. He fought a guy who, yes, he's a former UFC world champion. Yes, he has knockout power, but he's not a boxer. I mean, that's just a fact, and what I saw on Sunday night last night is that Jake Paul fights a real boxer. You know, he's calling out Canelo. He's calling out like real boxers. He fights a real boxer. Not to mention he's calling out guys that are way smaller than him, by the way. I mean, this kid cuts to 190, was well over 200 pounds on fight night. You know, he's a big, thick kid. Um, but if he fights a real boxer, he's getting fucked up. He better get out of him there in those first three rounds. Because if he doesn't, he's getting fucking worked. Tyron just needed to throw more. God, he only hurt him. He rocked him. He ate Jake's best punch. Jake threw with his eyes closed a fucking haymaker. Dipped his head, threw his right hand, like ah, everything he had right on Tyron's chin. And Tyron ate it. The minute that happened, if I was Tyron Willie, I'd go, oh, this dude ain't got it. He ain't got it. I just took his best punch. What am I waiting for? Tyron Woodley usually is, is the guy in the you know in MMA who's the back against the cage, waiting the counter, you know, never doing anything. He was hunting Jake Paul down, but he just wasn't doing anything. You know, he didn't really have the combinations there. He didn't have a left hook. Threw a left hook, but not really. Al Bernstein was yelling for him to do the jab because when he threw the jab, he did well. But it just everything fell short for Woodley. He lost the decision. 
I think it was a little closer than, than maybe some people. I had Jake Paul winning the first three. I had Tyron win, winning four. Five through eight could have been close. I have no problem with the decision. It was a split decision. I understand why Jake Paul won. He threw more punches. He was a little more active later in those rounds. But those rounds, Jake Paul was running for his life. And, and you know, and, and, and Tyron maybe not thrown as many and didn't land as many, but he was landing the bigger shots towards the end of the fight. Um, is what it is. I didn't like how Tyron handled it afterwards. He called for an immediate rematch. Just seemed like a little bitter grapes to me, sour grapes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, Jake Paul was pretty humble during the post fight, you know, complimented Tyron, complimented his team, apologized for any of the trash talk. This is the fight business. This is what happens. Don't take anything personally. And Tyron went up and wanted a rematch. I thought it was a little salty dogs, old T Wood. Um, I get it. You know, you want you don't want to have that loss in your record to Jake Paul. But listen, again, Jake Paul is just not a YouTuber. That's a fucking millionaire kid spending all his time in Puerto Rico boxing, right? I mean, it, you know, if he wasn't good, he wouldn't have beat Tyron Woods. The fact is that he's pretty good. But but he fights a professional boxer. I, and Tommy Fury looked like shit, but he is big. Maybe Fury. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But if he fights a professional boxer, right? Because he's picking off these MMA guys right now and basketball players. Professional boxer, he gets fucked up. I mean, he's just not there yet. He's just he's just not there. The minute the minute he didn't put Woodley away and the minute he started getting tired a little bit, his feet start dancing a little bit. He wasn't planting his feet to throw punches. Everything was off, was off his back foot. His jab was non-existent. He had some dog in him. He was throwing some right hands like a dog. But other than that, it wasn't it wasn't great. And you know what? I, I had Errol Hawani written down here. I just didn't like how he's kind of being a whore all week. You know, I'm sure he's getting paid by Showtime. He's all excited that he's back working a promotion, working this, you know, and this is a professional wrestling fan, so he probably loved kind of the circus, but it's like I just don't like the face of MMA sitting there, you know, sucking this fucking promotion off because they let him in the door. <sighs> That just rubs me wrong. I don't know. I mean, I don't care that you watch it. I don't care you tweet about it. Arahuani is the DJ of the weigh-ins. I mean, listen, you're getting a check cut. What the fuck? Baby's crying again. God damn it. But, yeah, so that's that's my takeaway. Um, if Woodley would have thrown five more punches each round, he probably would have won. And if he just had a little bit of aggression in there, his fucking corner yelling him to wake up. He just won't wake up, you know? Um, you know, go after him. You could have went after this kid, but I think Jake Paul got exposed a little bit. He's still a draw. People are going to say pay to watch him fight. I get it. Um, right now, though, if you're Jake Paul's team, you're Jake Paul. You're everyone. You look at that fight and go, okay, we got to proceed carefully with who we do next. Because Tyron Willie, yes, power, not a good boxer. You get a guy in there that can box. Yeah, boy. You know what I mean? Right, let's get to some real fights. Enough of that bullshit. UFC Fight Night, Jiga Kakats versus Edson Barboza. Like I said, I went six and six on my picks. I apologize you did not have those picks. Let me pull up my uh, my betting recap as well. Kind of a bloodbath for a lot of people. I missed my slime ball parlay by one. Fucking not happy about it. Could, I can't hit a prop to save my life either. So my betting recap, I had Jiga Kakats, uh, money line at plus 100, uh, 0.8 units, uh, 80 bucks over Edson. Uh, well, I'll explain why in a minute. I had that. I was fluff off and back and forth. Hit that. Hit Daniel Rodriguez over Kevin Lee. <clears throat> 80 bucks as well, plus 0.8 units, 
plus 125. I also took a 30 spot off uh, Timbo on that one. Sam Avi over Wellington Tournament, plus 120 or 110, excuse me. One full unit. Such a fool for doing that. Very upset. Very upset that I did that. And then my uh, slam ball parlay was DeChikio battle and Martinez all to win. Obviously, DeChikio lost. And then my only lone prop, which I can't hit fucking props anymore, was Sam Alvey over Wellington by KO, TKO, plus 275. Dropped that one. Thank you, Sam Alvey. And I did a little PFL betting as well. I had Moliv, uh, I'm not even going to pronounce his name, over Brandon Lodgren for 0.8 units. I hit that at minus 140. I thought that was a steal. And then Bubba Jenkins over Chris Wade was minus 180 for one full unit. So that one hurts. Uh, picked the wrong dog in that one, boys. Picked the wrong dog in that one. So that's the betting recap. Went six and six of my picks. Let's go over the fight. Chica Costa's SM Barboza. I absolutely fucking love this fight. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Chica Kikots. That's a five fucking star performance from that guy, SM Barboza. Three stars, world class, two world class strikers, world class talents. It's pretty unbelievable about Giga Cox's loss in the contender series. UFC is like, dude, you, you got to clean. You got to learn a little bit, right? And he goes out there, and from everything I've heard is since he's been in the UFC and since he's been on his run, he hasn't lost in the UFC yet, is that his grappling is actually pretty sharp. He went for a submission over Edson Barboza, went for a Darce, and then rolled for a, uh, what was it, a Darce? And then he rolled for, oh, I don't know. I thought it was a Darce, whatever. Um, maybe it's guillotine two Darce. I don't know. Um, but... Every account out of Southern California is Giga is can grapple. He's stronger than he looks. He can grapple. Uh, he's going to get put to the test now. But this fight, I absolutely loved. I'll break it down. Like Since I didn't do a pick I'll, I'll tell you what I thought. So I was on Edson all week. And a lot of people on MMA Twitter were so fucking confident in Edson Barboza. So fucking confident. You go to, you go to bet MMA tips and everyone's on Edson besides a handful of people. And I'm like, man, I don't really like that. That scares me off, kind of like the Sam Alvey. That scares me off a little bit. But, you know, when when you cap fights, you go, well, look at the records. Edson's fought fucking everybody. Has some good wins. He's been in there with the best. Even though he's lost, he's lost to some of the best guys in the world. He's been a killer at 145. Uh, Giga Kotz hasn't really fought many people. He's got a good win over Jamal Emmers, which was close. And then, you know, he stopped Cub Swanson, who's past his prime. You're like, you know, well, you know, what are we doing with this guy? Right. And then it was like, it was like Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever they do the little, uh, media interviews, right. Giga Kakat sits down with this Dan flashes patterned shirt. If you know that reference, I fucking love you for knowing that Dan flashes patterned shirt and just sitting there confident, smiling. Like I follow this guy on Twitter and he calls everyone out. He wants to fight every weekend. Right. Um, I love the confidence. Like he's in the gym training. He knows his limitations. And obviously he's a world-class striker. He's starting to really piece everything together now is, is from what I hear. When I saw that, the confidence out of him, I went back and really analyzed the fight. And I went, well, Edson has struggled with strikers in the past. He's looked good, but he's also faltered, right? Cerrone got him, which was a long-ranging striker many years ago. Justin Gaethje knocked him out. Um, you know, he's, he's beaten some strikers. He's lost to some strikers. Paul Felder had, you know, gave him some wars, which was primarily a striking fest. And both these guys are elite, elite, elite. So I, I picked Giga and then the more it went, the more confident I was. And then when he got plus number Saturday at DraftKings, he was plus 100. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking that. I just wish, obviously like most gamblers, you wish you took more. 
Wish you took more. But but the performance, God, I this is what I fucking love. I love it. High level striking to its best. You know what I mean? You got two completely different styles. Kick heavy attacks. They're checking each other kicks. Edson's stalking Giga, but that's what Giga wants. Giga's planning a jump knee. Giga's hands looked incredibly fast. He looked faster than Edson. That's where I thought Edson would have the advantage over the hands. Giga landed great straight right hands. Uh, Giga would throw a kick. Edson would check it high. You know, throw that Giga kick to the body. Check it with his knee high. They're both checking calf kicks. They're both eating calf kicks. Cutting angles. Everything they threw was for a reason and for a purpose. And this is what I fucking love. I know some people love that slop, drunk, fest, wing, slang them and bang them. And those are fun. But this high, high level striking contest right here is what I absolutely fucking love. And Giga looked so fucking good. They went to the ground. He went for a choke. He was aggressive. He got back up. Was hurting uh, Edson more, you know, because he hurt him. Went to the ground, tried to choke him. Let him back up. Hurt him more. They stopped it on the feet. Right call. Edson was stumbling all over the place. He kind of protested a little bit. Listen, you're a dog, Edson. I get it. You want to fight. But, man, uh, Giga Kakats is just, he's the real deal when it comes to striking. I, I'm so curious to see him fight a wrestler, a guy that's really going to challenge him. I know Jamal Emmers, uh, Jamal Emmers really kind of pushed him a little bit, but that was forever ago. Um, give me, you know, a, a, a true blue 145 wrestler, a guy that's going to go in there. I mean, let, let, you want to talk crazy? Let's look at the rankings right now. I don't have this pulled up, but let's look at the fucking rankings. I'll match it right now, bitch. What's up, man? I got time. I'll match it right now. What do you fucking think? Rankings, pull them up. UFC.com. God, you got to redo your website. It stinks. Yes, set cookies. All right. 145. Here we go. So you got, and it hasn't been updated yet, but Giga Kotz is 10 and SM Barbells is 9. The Giga, Giga Kotz has got to go up to at least 7, right? Danny Gay, uh, he lost. I think Giga beats Dan. Josh Emmett's a good fight. He's been out for a while. Arnold Allen is what I saw a lot of people Aaron Allen and Calvin Cater were the, were the two on Twitter. Giga wants Max because they've had a little back and forth. Max says he's the best boxer in the UFC. Giga says, I'm the best striker. Let's see what you got. I would love a Bryce Mitchell fight with Giga. That's really going to prove where his grappling's at, but Bryce isn't there yet. Bryce hasn't fought in a while. He says he's fighting in January. Why do you take so long off, bro? Why do you, 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 you... 45 is fucking stacked. Report at 15. Most are evil left. Shane Burgers is creeping around there. Giga Katso, he's going to leapfrog Edson, probably going to leapfrog Dan Ige, I got to imagine. Put him at seven, him and Honor Allen at six, him and Calvin Cater, Korean Zombies there. I think he picks apart Korean Zombie. I would love Yair. There's a lot of options for him. There's a lot of options for him. But the question is, can he can he beat a grappler? Josh Emmett can wrestle. Honor Allen can wrestle. Calvin Cater can wrestle. Chancellor Jung can grapple. Uh, Yair will strike with him. Max will probably strike with him, even though Max can, uh, can wrestle as well. Mozart, Eva Love, that dude is a fucking problem. Bryce Mitchell, another good grappler. Mozart versus Bryce would be fucking fun. A lot of stuff at 45. I'm getting worked up, boy. Let's go. Can I get a fight right now, man? I'm all hopped up. Um, a lot to be said. So a lot, the, the, the rankings haven't moved. But I'm super impressed with Giga. He's been very arrogant, very cocky. My boy Timbo said, I want him to get shut up. I want him to shut his butt. And he goes, nah, keep rolling, keep rolling. And that shirt, 
that Dan Flash's shirt. Woo! Get him, dude. Uh, Co-main event, Ryan Battle versus Gilbert Rabina. I had Battle in my in my slime ball. I did not bet him besides that. I, I just figured he was going to outdog him. You know, I didn't realize Urbina took this on 10 days. Props to Urbina. He came in, looked good in the first round, hurt Battle, took him down, and then just kind of really kind of just wore out in battles. Just, he's built for battle. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, but yeah, listen, he went in there and, and, and Brian Battle just did what he did. He was last picked on the show. He's six and one. Not the cleanest guy in the world. Reminds me of Forrest Griffin a lot from for, season one. Forrest had, you know, Forrest had a lot of more um, experience in Brian Battle. He had fought some really good guys, but he, he just wasn't the cleanest guy. He just was tough and he went in there and, and, and had some good striking and had some of this. Brian Battle is just, is just, you know, he's built for this. He loves it. And, uh, Good for him. I wish I would hit my slime ball in Brian Battle. I was I was very confident in that fight. Should have maybe did a little straight up there. I was I would have bet by uh, by decision, so I would have missed the prop. I can't hit props anymore. But uh, that's a three star performance for Brian Battle and a two star for Gilbert Urbina. Maybe a little harder in Brian Battle, but I do love the battle. I love the fucking blood when he won. The hair, everything was sick. Uh, but yeah, Saturday night Brian wasn't playing around. That's a that's a three star. All right, Ricky Tercios versus Brady Heidstead. Awesome fight. Love this fight. This is the exact opposite of, of the main event. Like, so these are two different styles. You have high, high level striking where every flinch, every faint, every step means something. Then you got Ricky versus Brady where they're just fucking swinging, right? Ricky is going up there. There's my daughter going up there as quickly as the weirdest guy next to Tony Fergus. And this guy is crazy in all the right ways. Brady's 22 years old. He has a bright future ahead of him. A lot of people thought Brady won this fight. I picked Brady to win. Uh, did I? Let me see. Yeah. So I, I had Ricky initially. Then I picked Brady when I saw plus 160. I think he fell to 140. Didn't bet the fight, but I like the dog money. Um, both got three stars in my in my, uh, in my book there. I think they're both uh, good guys. I think they should stick around for 135. Brady's 22 years old. He's 5-2. and two. Has a good wrestling background. He just needs to learn a little bit. His striking looked pretty okay. He's obviously tough. I would like to see him maybe um, get some fights. God fucking damn it. I'm leaving that fucking motherfucker in because my daughter was hollering and wifey is supposed to be taking care of her. What are you going to do? All right. So Turkey is versus Brady. Love the fight. Sloppies all get out. Both guys should get signed. Fun fight. Both got a three. Ricky's crazy. Uh, you know, he had the most experience, in my opinion. He fought some good guys. Don't know why he got picked so far down the list, but he's a dog in there. And, and that's just facts. Facts. Dan Rodriguez versus Kevin Lee. D-Rod. Man, when are we going to start? You know, people fucking Dan Hardy and all these people just with baby gloves of Kevin Lee. Oh, Kevin Lee fought at 162. He'd be a world. Shut the fuck up. That's not a weight division. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't exist. So, yeah, he would be world champion because no one else fights in that weight class. I'm fucking sick and tired of us giving Dan uh, Kevin Lee passes. You know what I mean? The guy shows up, and he's average as fuck. You know what I mean? He comes in, he's average. He talks a big game, he's average. He had chances to win this fight. All you had to do was wrestle Daniel Rodriguez a little bit more, but he didn't have enough cardio to do it. Stand up looks good. He's working on his kicks. But 170 coming off of... 
double knee surgery and, and something else, right? He's been gone for a while. He's had some injuries. Coming in, fighting a big 170 like Rodriguez, who's on a world of confidence right now, who can crack you. He hurt Kevin Lee, stumbled him. He, he, he rocked him a little bit. And uh, Kevin Lee just really just fought a dumb game plan. You know, he fought like his ego. He fought like his pre-fight talk. Just go out there and wrestle this dude, right? You had the wrestling advantage. You fucking had his back and then just slipped off, right? That's very uncharacteristic of Kevin Lee. And, uh, yeah, it was a little surprising performance. Kevin Lee got a one just because I was disappointed in him. Dan Rodriguez got a three, maybe got a little more. He won me some money. Obviously, you know, he's undefeated really in the UFC. I, I don't count that. Nicholas Dobby's a loss, but it is a loss. Um, the guy's legit, right? And he took this on short notice. He physically didn't look to me in the best shape. But uh, he's at Syndicate now in Vegas, and uh, he's on a nice little tear here. Fun fighter, right? Looked like he was, his takedown fence was okay. His ground game is, you know, I know he's got a black belt somewhere. His ground game's okay, but his stand-up's really good. His long-rangey straight punches. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see D-Rod really fight some elite guys at 170. Kevin Lee, I mean, I don't know what, what to tell you, bud. I don't know if you can cut him because he's he is a talented fighter. And he's marketable. He's good looking. He talks. You know, he can he can uh, generate revenue. He can main event. Um, but he needs to start winning fights. You know, and I don't know if one seventy is his weight class. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass because of the knee surgeries. But you get another shot in the UFC. You're coming out. You're talking on that shit. You got to win. You got to fucking win. All right. Next up, Andre Petrovsky versus Michael Gilmore. I hate this fight on paper. Everyone won at the under. Everyone lost on the other on this. Podolski was just fucking with them. Destroyed Michael Gilmore in the third, uh, third round by TKO, ground and pound. Um, Podolski's post-fight was weird. This guy gets tired fucking brushing his teeth, and he's sitting there saying, send anybody in here, I'm going to send them to orbit. What? If I was Dana, I'm like, cut this fucking dork. He fought an alternate who has no ground game, who is terrible, Michael Gilmore, sorry, and you're the number one pick, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know why he got a fight on this show. Send him the contenders. I'm done with Andre Podolsky. This guy stinks. I'm over him. Jared Merskar versus Maka Murdoff. Man, oh, so uh, let me do the lines here. They both got a one. Yeah, they both got a one. I was pretty angry at him on fight night two. You didn't fight like a 525, and again, Gilmore stinks. How is this guy in the UFC, huh? Whose dick are you sucking? Let me tell you something. You're suspect. A suspect, bro. That's sussy. Uh, Jared Merskar versus Mahmoud Muradov. Man, high of Mahmoud. High, high of Mahmoud. Looked in that first round, piecing Gerald up, and GM3, man. Team captain looked in shape, you know. Was confident coming in here. Biggest underdog on the card. And uh, I didn't touch this fight. Thank God, Mahmoud, who I am high on. When you balloon up to 600, I'm not going near you, dude. You don't haven't earned it. I know Jarrett's looked a little shaky in his past couple fights, but you just haven't earned it, Mahmoud. The problem I have with this is not that he lost by rear naked choke because Jared Merlstrad is an absolute fucking stun on the ground. The problem is, is he was piecing Merlstrad up in the first round. Then just start to get wild. And then Gerald's, that benefit GM3. Let's get wild and start slinging left hands. You know what I mean? Like, and then he got caught and, and then got taken down, and then that was all she wrote. Mahmoud's got to learn from this. Listen, his stand-up did not look as crisp. He looked really lean to me, uh, a lot leaner than I've seen him before, which is good, but he got tired. He got hurt in there. GM3 just walked him down. 
rebounded really well after that first round. He showed he showed some incredible heart. He's like, I ain't fucking losing this fight. You know what I mean? He took a, he took offense to being that big of an underdog. And for all the people that hit GM three, I'm sure if you play GM three, you played him by submission because that's probably the only way he's gonna win. Props to you, putting your nuts on the table, getting that dub. I uh, I didn't have the balls to do that. You know, that's not kind of a bet I usually make. Maybe I should start mixing some things up. Maybe mixing it up. But uh, I didn't play that. But um, either way, Gerald Marshart, impressive. Mahmud, Mahmud, Miradoff. Uh, this could be a step back for you, bud, for sure. You know, I, I think you're at the point now where you are good enough. And you don't fight as often, but the baby gloves are off. You lost the GM3, great. No more step backs in competition. We're going to get you in there with with a beast next, right? Uh, next up, I'll do Ragak Ahalsen versus Alessio DiCicchio. DiCicchio! Reminds me of Rufio. This fucking guy. Uh, so I agonized all week over the slime ball like I always do. I go over with a fine-tooth comb, like one of those motherfucking lice combs. Picking all the good spots out, right? I thought Chichikyo was going to come in here, keep distance, throw some kicks, keep his long-range weapons, stay away from Al Hassan, who's not a 185-er, and just doesn't get hit by that big bomb. Just stay away. Just stay away from him, right? Chichikyo taking on short notice, looked to me in pretty good shape. He was training for another fight. Wasn't too worried about that. He was a sizable favorite at 240. Put him in the slime ball. Him, Mana Martinez, and Brian Battle. I was like, how does that lose? Three weeks in a row. We're cashing. Mana gets a split decision, which we'll get to. Horrible split decision. But he gets a split decision. The Chikyo, my mortal lock. I locked the motherfucker up. Not this one. It's my best bet. And he goes out there and he gets head kicked to shit by Al Hassan, who hasn't looked good who got moved from 170, 185 because he couldn't make weight, has had a horrible history lately or over the past five years with some horrible charges against him that got dropped. Uh, I think he left at Texas now. He's in Colorado. Looked to me in great shape, but great shape or not, he's not a 185 or in my book. I think he needs to lean down and go to 70 again. But anyway, the Chico's never been knocked out. I saw people playing Al Hassan, first time knockout, Al Hassan knockout, and that's smart. That's a sharp play. I like that. But I couldn't bet against myself because, you know, I had the Chico on my slime ball, and I, I, I'm not betting against myself, and I can't lie betting states. But the Chico's never been knocked out. He's fought some big punchers, and he fucking walks into a head kick, kills him, just dead. Flops to the ground like uncooked spaghetti or uncooked spaghetti. Fuck. <laughs> That's an anti Italian joke. Sorry to Chicchio. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I, I literally didn't think it was real. I was like, no way. I was, I had to go to my in laws for dinner and I, and I took my parents and I drove my parents home and, and I, I rigged a little, I don't have like a mount in my car, so I rigged a little, because I'm fucking MacGyver a little mount in my car so I could watch the fights. I was watching the fights as I was driving. Very dangerous. Don't recommend it. But I couldn't believe, I looked, I was like, no, that, did, that's didn't, that didn't just happen. That's not fucking real. I couldn't believe it. Made me sick to my stomach. Lost the slime ball. One fight away to Chikyo. 
Anyway, uh, DeChikio got a zero and Al Hassan got a four. Listen, you get a four for four reasons. Everything I just said, you've been through a million things in your life. You got charged for, I want to say sexual something, maybe rape, sexual assault. I don't know what it was. The woman lied. Charges got dropped. You're out for like two years. You come back. You're this knockout killer. You get knocked out. You miss weight. You lose to these, um, these up and coming guys. You go up to 85, look out of shape. You move your life up. You leave Texas. You really are taking it seriously. He cried when he won. You know, I don't know if he's a good guy or not, right? But uh, you know what I mean? This is a big performance. His back was against the wall against a guy who's never been knocked out before. He's a tricky gout. You know, Jachikyo usually loses by like split decision or something like that. Um, you know, his fights are usually pretty close. And Al Hassan just was like, fuck it. I'm going forward and I'm kicking this dude's head off. And he did. You get a four. It's a short performance. But everything you've been through, I'm going to give you a little bit of love with the four star. Can't get a five though, bro. You ain't getting a five, man. Get, get out of here. Wellington versus Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey lost his temper, told the judges to suck his dick. I don't know what he's mad about. I had a 28-27 as well. I let Wellington Turner won every round. Sam Alvey was up on the strike count, but you can't win a fight just always going backwards, and you didn't land anything significant. You didn't drop him. He took you down. He landed big strikes on you. Uh, this was a surprise. This was my dog. It wasn't my dog lock, but I did play it. Plus 110. Alvey gets one. Wellington gets a two. Um either not impressed with either guy. Wellington didn't gas out and he get knocked out, which is a good thing for him. But again, not impressed. Sam Alvey apparently gonna get another shot in the UFC. Uh whatever. I mean, you know, 30, you know, he's been in the UFC forever. He's got five kids. I don't want the guy to lose his job. But, you know, uh, what are you gonna do? You know, what I mean, it wasn't uh classic Sam Alvey fight. You know, he thinks he won he thinks he wins every fight. You know, bro, you're going backwards. And when you go forward, you look so bad. You're like you're like hopping when you punch. Like I can't believe this guy's an elite level UFC fighter, and he's been in the UFC forever. I know he hits hard. I know he's got some tricky timing on his boxing. My boy Chris Curtis used to train with him, but I don't get it, man. This guy, you know, it's 2021, and Sam obviously still fighting. It's crazy. Justin Jacoby versus Darren Stewart. This fight was actually a little weird to me. I had Jacoby. He gets a four. Darren gets a one. Um. This fight I actually missed. I missed I missed the next two fights. I saw the ending of this fight because this was when I was giving saying the goodbyes, not dinner, trying to be polite. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, I didn't have any skin in the game, so I was okay. But Jacoby, not a he's a big guy for 205. Darren Stewart is not a 205er. Darren Stewart has a chin though, has some good power, and Jacoby just walked through his power and said, I'm the bigger boy in here, bud. Okay. I'm the I'm the alpha. And pieced him up and hurt him. And uh, you got to respect that. And Darren Stewart, again, a guy who's probably not in the UFC anymore. Uh, gets a one star. I, you know, he just looks uninspired. He went on Twitter and or Instagram or whatever and said, I'm taking a long break. I'm burnt out, whatever. You can tell. You can tell he's burnt out. Big win by Jacoby after his last couple performances were kind of lackluster. Big finish over a vet, even though the vet's not, I mean, this highly claimed guy. He's a solid dude. He's got some good fights in there with some people, but... Uh, surprised by the finish. A lot of people, I think, did predict this as finished. I think Lock of the Night had this under two and a half. Props to that. I did not see it going that way. I, I saw Darren Stewart really wrestling heavy and Jacoby keeping it on the feet. I had Jacoby. I picked him to win, but I did not bet this fight. Four to one. I like guys that finished. And Jacoby went out there and finished a guy that's uh, usually pretty tough to finish. You know, Darren Stewart is, is a pretty pretty solid chin guy. Uh, JJ Aldridge versus Vanessa, Vanessa Dimalopoulos. Uh, whatever her name is, uh, JJ Aldridge dominated this fight. I had Vanessa just because it was a huge underdog. But one thing I noticed, Aldridge didn't wear that shirt. 
She wore like the woman's. She showed her midriff. Huh? Props to you, JJ. Getting a little confident in there. Like, JJ's a solid fighter. She's fought everyone. I went dog. Just, you know, I didn't play it. I just picked it. I almost played it, though, because I thought Vanessa was, was, uh, um, kind of scrappy in there, but JJ was just better everywhere. She really was. Again, I didn't fully see this fight. I saw highlights. I saw little, little bits and pieces of it. But uh, yeah, JJ just just uh, better everywhere. And uh, that's a three-star performance to a two-star performance. Scrappy fight. Should have been a finish. JJ had her out there a few times and, and, and couldn't pull a trigger. Pat Sabatini versus Jamal Emmers. Emmers really fucked a lot of people here. Uh, Sabatini, man, underdog. Two back-to-back wins, underdog style. A lot of people have been talking about this guy. I love it. He went out there, got hurt. Jamal Emmers has horrible fight IQ, plays footsies with him, right? He goes for a toe hold. Sabatini goes for an ankle lock. I wonder who's going to fucking win that one. Uh, hopefully, Emmers didn't rip any of his knee up. He looked pretty hurt after the fight, but Sabatini, man, went in there. He's a killer. Killer be killed. You take my leg, I'm taking your leg. But, you know, Emmers, um, I thought was a better fighter. This was the hardest fight for me to pick. You know, I, I I wrote down decision prop, and this was the last one I filled out on my paper. Obviously, I got the decision wrong, and I just thought Emmers was a little cleaner everywhere. Uh, I am in a little bit of a think tank uh, on Twitter with some really good sharp cappers. We're going to do some of these spaces things that they do on Twitter. Um, and a lot of guys were split on this as well. And, 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 and I can't forget who I, or I can't remember who it was, but the one guy was very adamant. He likes Sabatini in this and he fucking nailed it. You know what I mean? He fucking nailed it. He saw what we didn't see, but Emmer's had a moment, but yeah, I just, you know, he's going to get a shot in UFC again. I hope he doesn't blow his knee up. But Sabatini 15 and three is a guy's uh, got to look out for good wrestling. Obviously got some submissions, you know, stand up working a long way, but he's tough. You know, I think he's from Philly. Right? Those Philly guys are fucking, yeah, man, Pennsylvania. Down at the wall. wall. I actually don't know who's from Philly. It just says Pennsylvania. Let's just let's just say he's from Philly because I don't I don't recognize the other city in that state, Pittsburgh. Never heard of it. All right, next up, Manny Martinez. Fight, first fight of the night, Manny Martinez was Guido Canetti. Split decision I thought was an absolute joke. I thought Manny won this fight a lot closer than I would have liked it to have been. Um, I had Manny as my send him home. Missed on that. Uh, I wrote down finish prop. I didn't touch the finish prop, but it was something I was looking at. Man, I got a four. Guido got a two. Guido, pretty impressive. This guy's been in the UFC for so long. He's eight and six. I feel like I never seen him win, but he gave a good account of himself against a guy, man, who missed weight and uh, is is a good striker. Um, you know, he lost in the contender series. Was on looking for a fight with Dana White. Got a shot in the UFC again pretty quickly. Guys got power. Good boxing and. Uh, Man, it wasn't the cleanest. Like, again, I, I don't think it should have been as close, but he's getting four from me from the simple fact that his coach, Salsalese, who is a legend, he was on the Ultra Fighter 3, Houston uh, uh, staple down there, great striking coach. He coaches, uh, you know, Adrian Nez, Mano Martinez, probably slew other guys that I'm forgetting. Um, seemed like a good guy, right? I remember him on the Ultimate Fighter, really good striking coach. He worked with Tito Ortiz for a while. And uh, seemed like a good dude. And not only was he a good dude, but he was a great coach. You know, uh, guys that come from him have really crisp hands. Man, and one of them, Adrian Yanez, that's all Sal Solis. And I think he died of COVID complications, which is awful. So, man, I missed the fight a few weeks ago because he was close to his coach with COVID, had to get pulled off. His coach mentor dies. So he replaces this fight, takes this fight on relatively short notice and a lot of emotions, a lot of everything, even going out there and fighting is, is commendable and hats off to Mano Martinez. Um, 
stud. I think he's. I, I had him in an underdog play. Who is he supposed to fight? He was supposed to fight a couple weeks ago when I was just referencing Trevin Jones. I actually had him beating Trevin Jones. I thought he. Uh, I thought he had. Uh, you know, he's got had to weather the storm, but he was going to pick apart Trevin Jones. Uh, wasn't the cleanest performance by Mana. Probably going to be the worst four star performance I ever give out. But you know, he went through a lot. You know what I mean? I and you got to respect that. Okay, let's go to the contender series here. This Tuesday, absolute one of my favorite fucking shows. I love it. I love the show. Better than the Ultimate Fighter. Let's go. So, uh, AJ Fletcher versus Leonardo Domini. I don't think I know any of these guys off the top of my head. Let's just kind of give them a look. I have no lines in front of me. Strictly going off topology here. This guy's fighting out of Italy. Aurora Miss Martial Arts. He's 31, welterweight 510. Okay. He's got a John McGuire, old English vet. Back in 2018 was his loss. And he lost his pro debut by rear naked choke. Has a lot of rear naked choke wins. Uh, a lot of choke wins. So this guy likes to get the fight to the ground, it looks like. Got a couple TKOs, but mostly on the ground. Um, let's see, 5 and 1, 5 and 1, 10 and 5. Aaron Khalid. Uh, 10 and 7. Okay, that guy's from Wales. Cares. Okay, so he's doing a lot of his fights in Europe. Okay, which, you know, one fight in Cage Warriors. The rest is in uh, some uh, Italian corporations. You know, not the best in the world. If, if, if you're asking me, he's fighting AJ Fletcher. This guy just does not look. Ah, he's, he's wearing some cool shorts. Um, Tim Credders, his head coach, Lafayette, Louisiana. Louisiana boy, 5'9", welterweight, 24 years old. Just from this picture, looks like he could possibly make uh, 155. This is at 170. He's listed at welterweight. 5'9", though. I don't love 5'9", 170. You know, 170 guys are like 6'2", 6'1". Uh, let's look at his record. Undefeated, punches, punches, submission, rear naked choke, head and arm, submission. But he's fighting. 3-4, and 9-17, and 6-13, and 10-9, and 2-2, and 1-3. So, of all of his wins, he's fought... One guy with a winning record, and the other guy with a winning record. Let's see if he's yeah. So the other guy is ten and ten. So he's only fought one guy with a winning record. I uh, again, I don't know. They're scraping to the bottom of the barrel to get these guys. I don't know why my guy Chris Curtis isn't butchering both these guys, but is what it is. Like, give me Fletcher, give me the American. I trust American mixed martial arts over Italian. Haven't looked at lines. I have no idea what it is, but give me Fletcher. Next up, you got Victor Altamarino, 9-1. and one. He's fighting out of Texas, born Mexico City, 30 years old. Again, Dana White, on looking for the fight, just said, I'm not excited to bring in 31-year-olds. You know, because Chris Curtis, my boy, he's like 33. It's ageism, right? There's some guys out there that need the shot, right? This guy, Flyweight, um, Jarrett Brooks is his loss. That's a good loss. Jarrett Brooks is an elite fighter. That's his only loss. Um, let's see. 0 and 0, 0 and 0, 1 and 1, 3 and 3, 5 and 2 decision. Loss to Brooks uh, by Rear Naked Choke in the second round. Then he fought Chris O'Con, who's 4 and 1. I believe this guy fought on the contender. Yeah, so this guy fought on the contender series. Lost to Hunter Azor. Fucking memory on this boy. Nope. Won that by split decision LFA. Triangle Choke over Lloyd McKinney. It's 14 and 8. Old vet. Uh, by Triangle Choke, Nate Smith, who definitely fought in the Contender Series as well. He lost in the Contender Series against Jimmy Flick. He had a decision win over him. So this guy's fought some good competition. Coming out of Texas, Texas is a nice little uh, area right now. He's fighting Carlos Candelari, 8-0, coming out of Connecticut. Underdog Mr. Martial Arts. Um, let's see. Miguel. Undefeated. 
101, 101, 2-0. Guillen KO. 0-1, 4-2. Oh, Michael Respepo. He's 5-5 five five now, okay? Not a winning record. 1-2. He beat a guy who's 6-0 by the Daniels decision. 6-1. Uh, looks like a black belt out of Michigan. You know what they say about black belts out of Michigan? And 5-5. Five and five. So he beat, he beat the same guy twice. Man, I, I, I'm going to go with Victor Alamarino here, Carlos Canaloni, and I mean, just on records alone. Uh, Diego Lopez, I've heard this guy, this, kid, this kid's kind of a stud. Has he gotten a shot? I feel like he's gotten a shot, right? No, I guess I lied. I thought he got a shot. You know, so Tiago Silva, uh, way back in 2013, you know, um, Gilbert Pantoja, 14-3, that's a good win. Uh, good on the ground. He's starting to look... Uh, Look like he has some good striking as well. Isaac Gristles, 3-1. Angel Hornet, 4-0. Armbar, yeah. So this kid's like lights out on the ground. Was Honey Jason. He beat Honey Jason. I feel like I've heard this guy more than what I'm seeing. Um, maybe I'm thinking of a different Diego Lopez. But yeah, this guy's lights out on the ground, it looks like. Uh, he's got some good wins on his record. 14-6, 14-7. beating some good guys. Fight another Brazilian, Johannesson Brito. This guy coming out of Sao Paulo, Brazil. 26 years old, even though he looks 50 in his picture. Uh, yeah, this guy's got kind of wins everywhere. Punches, rear naked chokes, punches, rear naked chokes. Um, hasn't had any losses since 2015. Don't know what the loss was for. Let's see if he's 24 and 7, 6 and 0, 6 and 4. Okay, these are Brazilian records. He does have a win in the LFA against Jose Marisco by punches in round one. That's a good performance. I'm going to go Josano Brito on that, even though I've heard of Diego Lopez. And then the um, main events, the professional, as and this is his fucking name, Azmat Merzikov, fighting out of Jersey, but from Nakanik, Russia, not Dagestan. This is a heavyweight, 5'10 heavyweight. Kind of looks like the side profile, kind of looks like Luke Rockle. Nice little beard there. Uh, let's see who he's got here. He's fought in Brave, which is a pretty good organization. Uh, heavyweights, though, they're not going to have the, the the deepest records. I mean, he's got a win over here against Bogdan Bogota, who's 3-11. Arm triangle choke in a minute in. Uh, Andre Munez, punch, knockout Munez, who's a 185-er in the UFC, but that's a good win. Uh, Gregor Salikov, 0-3 by punches in round one. That was back in 2017. You got to start fighting winning records. Guido Incinete, decision, and then uppercut in round one. This guy looks like he likes to grapple. He looks like he's got a lot of power. Uh, and he's fucking rushing. He's fighting a Brazilian. This dude looks fucking jacked in this picture. Could Actually, you know what? I see a loose belly here. This guy used to be fat, and it looks like he lost some weight. That's some loose skin stretch marks right there, but pretty nice chest, upper body. And this lighting, I don't know if these guys pick their own topology picture. I'm assuming they do, but this one right here was handcrafted selected because I want to see this guy in fight night. And I'm going to tweet out a picture of what he looks like there to here. Because this picture with the lighting, the everything, this dude, this dude's good. 14 and 6, Brazilian. Again, fighting a lot of Brazilian organizations. I don't love. Uh, he fought Brasito back in 2016. Lost to John Allen. Okay, that's it. Well, no, hang on. John Allen's not bad. Never mind. I, I jumped a gun. I, I was thinking of Jack Marshman. Uh not great, if my opinion. He's been knocked out before, quite actually quite a few times. Yeah, the, the Russian's going to steamroll. So if I'm a betting man, I'm going to go Russian. This is going to be my parlay based off of nothing, based off of me looking at records. It's going to be uh, Azmat, 
Johannesson Brito, Victor Altamirano, and AJ Fletcher. That's who's going to win. The big heavyweight Russian is definitely going to get the contract because I need fucking heavyweights. And if he looks somewhat good, he's good. He's good to fucking get it. Flyweights, you know, are they? Yeah, the, the flyweights. One of them might get signed as well. Not a super deep car. Lorenzo Hood was supposed to fight. He got pulled off. Uh, that's a, that's a scary looking dude right there. That's the dude I want to see. Um, very one dimensional, but Lorenzo Hood is is a guy I kind of want to see. He's a he's a big fucking thick boy. All right, that's it. Uh, one last thing. So Darren Till fight week. That's my guy. Everyone wonders why I love Darren Till. So it all started with, obviously, when he, when he came to the UFC, I, I paid attention to him a little bit. He had that draw of Nicholas Darby. Then he has a couple wins against Wendell Oliveira. And I'm like, okay, this kid's pretty good. But his personality really got me. And I understand his personality rubs people the wrong way. I grew up in the 90s. I don't get offended. I love dark comedy. I know he got shadow banned on Instagram because of the... the, the um, the meme with the the trans uh, transsexual or transitioning person, whatever you, I don't know the correct terms, and they they did the the baby of the uh, you know the sonogram of the stomach was a turd. That shit's funny. A lot of people think he's very childish, and everyone just wants to get offended now. Everyone wants just to be up in arms about everything. I love it. I fucking love it. I love him. But the reason I am so infatuated with them and in my ride or die is is not only do I think his skills are very good, but his personality is, is is hilarious. I would love to hang out with him. But really, honestly, when I started taking gambling really seriously, um, I started gambling a, a, a foreign books with 30, you know, you start off on your units, like 10, 20, 30 units, and I was stuck on like 50 bucks units, 50, 60 bucks units forever. And I never wanted to go, I'm a middle-class guy, right? 100 bucks is still 100 bucks to me, right? So I didn't want to um, go that far, but... Darren Till fought Cabo Cerrone, and I was so confident in Darren Till. And he was an underdog. He was a, he was a small underdog, plus one twenty five, plus one thirty. So I had I had just been winning a bunch in my bookie, and I hate my bookie. Fuck you, my bookie. But I had a nice bankroll, and I decided to max bet Darren Till. Once I max bet Darren Till, I want to say it's, it was around four hundred and change. Right, doubled my money up incredible he knocked out uh he knocked out um Kyle Cerrone. I was very novice to the betting at that scene I didn't really dabble in props I was still learning but max bet Darren Till and that transit that max bet gave me confidence to bump everything up to $100 which is my units now so without Darren Till knocking out Kyle Cerrone, I don't know if I'll be sitting here talking about my units being 100 bucks plus the guy's hilarious like, let's go all right long podcast I warned you in the beginning Hopefully I covered everything. Contenders tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna try to. I always promise. I underdeliver. I'm, I'm obviously gonna do the pick 'em this week. I'm very excited about the pick 'em, um, and I want to do some other things. I want to do this trivia thing. I, I was recommended to do this trivia on Spork, uh, Sporkle. I might film that tonight because I filmed it before. Not not the same quiz, but I filmed one before, and the audio got all messed up or the video got choppy. Um, try to fix it. Couldn't, but I want to do a trivia. Put that out. I still want to do this little giveaway thing I want to do. I got new fucking t-shirts that I'm not going to make a big deal out of, but they're absolutely fire. Uh, I want to, I'm going to wear one of those. I mean, I got some things to do. Okay. I don't, I don't need a checklist for you, but that's the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Like, and subscribe, right? Is that what they say? No, that's you. That's YouTube. Okay. Rate and review, please rate and review. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. Follow me. MMA takes on, uh, MMA takes podcast on Twitter. 
Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe, follow, like, whatever. Yep, yep, you got it. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on, baby. Hey, little pal, we don't want you. Come on, motherfucker. Back. Come on. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.